Oh, my God. 
minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nahum Siegel. Welcome to a Friday, Erev Shabbos. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program.
Today is precious, one of a kind. Yet so many ways are making me blind. Under the surface, hidden behind facades and filters. So I live in the moment. I open my eyes. All of the beauty won't pass me by. Life is much more than comments and likes, approval from strangers. If you feel alone and not enough, when you're lost and out of touch, there's more to you than what the screen will show. Look up and see. There's a big world made for me. It's my life, and it's my life that's worth living. You can free your mind, find the power deep inside. It's your life, and it's your life that's worth living. Is worth more than a picture could say. All of the best things can't be erased. They're yours forever. If you feel alone and not enough, when you're lost and out of touch, there's more to you than what the screen will show. Oh, 
Tati, just build it. Kashem di Barto, like you said. Tati, like you promised. So, Chavre, let's dive in together. Let it be today, let it be today. Kasher di Barto, like you promised, Tati, like you said.
Oh, boy. How do we convey to people of this generation, or today's generation, just how monumental a song that was <laughs> when released uh, over 40 years ago? I, would, I have to assume that single was over 40 years ago. Unbelievable. Gershon Varoba, who has remastered, re-released, has um, come out with a, an anniversary edition of his incredible album, Man to Man. Still, in my opinion, one of the most revolutionary albums. In fact, um, well, you know what? Maybe I'll save this for the interview because Gershon's going to be with us when we get back from Israel. He'll be with us uh, next week, uh, two weeks from now on the 14th. And maybe I should save these comments, but I have a lot to say about the uh, about this specific musical offering, Man to Man, the album by Gershon Verro. But now it's available, by the way. Well, we'll give out details, obviously as we get closer to the interview, but it's out there and available and uh, well worth it. Trust me, well worth it. Yigdal done by Benzion Klatsko, Moshe Aslander with uh, Kasher Dibarta. Bowie was uh, Menachem Kobe, Moshe Storch, and Curry Bone. Look up, brand new eighth day. Werdiger family with Uvioma Shabbos, Mayedidus from Mordechai Ben David, and of course, Regesh, Modani opening things up. And we say good morning. Welcome to a Friday, everybody. It's Erev Shabbos. Here at JM in the AM on this, this December the 2nd, day number 8 in the month of Kislev. The year is 5783, Tufshin Pei Gimel. Uh, it's Erev Shabbos Parshas Vayetze with candle lighting in New York at 4.08. Make sure you know when things start where you are. Candle lighting in New York, 4.08. We start to save the Sein Talumatar on Sunday night, right? Outside of Israel. In Israel, they say it already. We start to save the Sein Talumatar on a Sunday night. So keep that in mind. Sunday night at Maruf. All right. And um, here we are on a Friday, Erev Shabbos at JM and the AM. Malcolm Holmline expected in the 7 o'clock hour with our weekly update. Harry Rothenberg in the 7 a.m. hour. Rabbi Yudin in the 8 o'clock hour on Parshas Vayetze. And, um, and there you have it. That's some of what's going on here at JM and the AM. Next week, uh, I'm here Monday, then uh, hitting the air, literally uh, flying to Israel. And Tuesday, Mayor Fertig is sitting in Matis on Wednesday. Uh, Thursday is our day of giving. Well, it'll kick off our year-end campaign. We're going to do that from Yerushalayim. And then uh, Friday, please, God, I'm back on time to uh, do the bulk of the show. We'll see what happens. Hard to tell, frankly. What's going to be happening at this point with next Friday, but we'll figure it out. The following week, a big Jewish music week. We have a bunch of Jewish music uh, personalities who are going to be stopping by, including Gershon Varoba, who is going to be um, doing the official re-release. <laughs> Even though it's re-released already, he's going to be doing the official re-release of Man to Man. And we'll talk about Mim Komcha, and we'll talk about so many of the other great songs. And we'll sit here and say to ourselves, and maybe to each other, hard to believe how much time has gone by. <laughs> hard to believe how long it's been. Our listener Tikva said Shabbat Shalom, and we say Shabbat Shalom back to her. Uh, listener B says Boker Tov from Eretz Yisrael. It's funny to hear you at 1 p.m., but happy we can connect 6,000 miles away. Have a wonderful Shabbat, B and Ralph. Well, thank you, B, and yes... It is incredible, <coughs> excuse me, it is incredible that we're able to connect 
at this distance. Our Israel audience uh, continues to grow like crazy, Baruch Hashem. It is really, we just keep hearing from more and more people who are tuned in on a daily basis from Israel in the afternoon, and I thank them for that. And, um, and yeah, it's great. It's great to keep on going and keep on uh, building this audience around the world. Um, and uh, we're proud we're able to, frankly. Baruch Hashem. Friday morning, Erev Shabbos. Herschel Rosenberg is next. This is JM in the AM.
From nine to five, that wheel just keeps on turning, the rush, the drive, a week of working, never evading our goal, till a moment creates a transformation within our soul. Time to unwind, the daily grind is over, and we can find the peace of mind, the light inside that makes us whole, in a moment that dates back to creation. Hashem's in control We let out a sigh And look up to the sky As the sun sets On all I guess So happy it's finally here Baruch Hashem It's Shabbos Baruch Hashem It's Shabbos Baruch Hashem It's Shabbos Shabbos It's Shabbos Shabbos It's Shabbos Baruch Hashem We're signing out 
of all the wheeling dealing we're zooming in and getting close to the creator of it all till the moment that brings us separation ben koidesh lecho let's turn around and seek the inner meaning that can be found when we step out of our day-to-day routine it's a moment our souls find elevation while greeting it Let out a sigh and we tell her goodbye and escort her upon her way. It's just six more days till we sail. Shabbos Kodesh. I'm a 
Shlomo Katz, Baruch Kel Elyon, Baruch Hashem at Shabbos from Journeys, Volume Number Five. The Solomon Brothers had Lachad Odi. Herschel Rosenberg had Shabbos Kodesh. Brand new here at JM in the AM. It's America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web at NachumSingle.com and the NachumSingle Network. And of course, on the beloved NSN app. This portion of NSN programming brought to you by our friends at A&H. Enjoy a 10% discount at all Abel's and Hyman products at kosherdogs.net with promo code RADIO. A&H has been serving the kosher world since 1954, and A&H products are available at better kosher supermarkets nationwide. Try A&H today. As I always say, you'll be glad you did. <laughs> J.M. and the A.M., uh, Harry Rothenberg in hour number two, Herb Ayudin in hour number three about Parshas Vayetze, candle lighting in New York, 408. Make sure you know when things start where you are. And um, Malcolm Honeline in the weekly update coming up in hour number two as well. Galait Sal, Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast for a uh, Friday is next at J.M. ראש הממשלה המיועד בנימין נתניהו תוקף ברשומה בפייסבוק את ראש הממשלה יאיר לפיד וכותב הנהיג את ממשלת ישראל לפי העקרונות הלאומיים והדמוקרטיים שהנחו אותי כל חיי 
באמצעותם אפעל להבטיח ולשפר את חייהם של כל אזרחי ישראל בלי יוצא מן הכלל. אני מגנה את הניסיונות של לפיד להמריד קציני צבא וראשי ערים נגד הממשלה. כך נתניהו מדבריו הביא כתבנו הפוליטי יובל שגב. מאות פעילי שמאל הגיעו לחברון כדי לקיים סיור הזדהות בעקבות אירועי השבועות האחרונים בעיר. למקום הגיעו גם פעילי ימין ומפקד חטיבת יהודה אלוף משנה ישי רוזיליו הוציא צו שטח צבאי סגור לחלקים רבים מהיישוב היהודי כדי למנוע את כניסת הפעילים. ובתוך כך קוצר עונש המחבוש של לוחם גבעתי מהתקרית בחברון שאמר בן גביר יעשה פה סדר לאחר שהלוחם נטל אחריות והביע חרטה על מעשיו. מפקד הגדוד, סגן אלוף אבירן אלפסי, המליץ להמתיק את עונשו בארבעה ימים, והיום אישר מפקד פיקוד הדרום, האלוף אליעזר טולדנו, את ההמתקה. ידיעה שהעביר כתבנו הצבאי דורון קדוש. שני נערים תושבי העיר העתיקה בירושלים נעצרו בחשד שהשפילו אדם חרדי, תיעדו את ההשפלה והפיצו ברשתות החברתיות. כתבתנו נועה ברנס מוסיפה כי השניים אותרו על ידי המשטרה או הועברו לחקירה ומובאים בשעה זו לדיון בעניינם בבית המשפט. עשרות מדריכי שיקום הפגינו הבוקר מול משרד הבריאות בתל אביב ויצאו לצעדת מחאה לעבר קריית הממשלה בדרישה להעלאת שכר ושיפור תנאי העבודה שלהם. כתבתנו לענייני רווחה מאיה שוקן מזכירה כי מחר יצוין היום הבינלאומי לזכויות אנשים עם מוגבלויות ובאיגוד מדריכי השיקום מסבירים כי היחס הרעוע שהם מקבלים מהמדינה הוא נגזרת ישירה ליחס שמקבלים אנשים אלה הזקוקים לסיוע. מזג האוויר היום נאה עם טמפרטורות רגילות לעונה ואלה זמני כניסת השבת, פרשת ויצא. בירושלים חמש דקות לפני ארבע, בתל אביב בארבע ושש עשרה, בחיפה בארבע ושלוש דקות, ובבאר שבע תיכנס השבת בארבע ושמונה עשרה. ואלה זמני צאת השבת מחר, בירושלים בחמש וארבע עשרה, בתל אביב בחמש ושש עשרה, בחיפה בחמש ושלוש עשרה, ובבאר שבע תצא השבת מחר בחמש ושבע לכל מאזיננו שבת שלום, אלה החדשות.
J.M. in the A.M. with Shira Lashem, done by Shalshelis Jr. Haliger Shabbos medley before that with Shlaimi Gertner. J.M. in the A.M., hour number two. Thanks for joining us. 408 is candlelighting time in New York. Make sure you know when things start where you are. If you're in Israel, things are going to start rather quickly once this show ends. Keep that in mind. Harry Rothenberg has uh, some amazing words about Parsha's Vayetze. Here he is in a Friday morning edition of J.M. in the A.M., Hi there. If you're wondering why we're here, it's because last week was our bar mitzvah and our father was really busy preparing, so we decided to give him the week off. Well, really, Mom did most of the stuff. But he did some of it. Yeah, he picked out the wine. And he did speeches. And did we mention he picked out the wine? Anyway, here we go. In this piece, Dior Bushin, something strange happens. Yaakov calls three different sets of people his brothers. First, he arrives at the well and calls the shepherds his brothers. Later, the Torah refers to his sons as his brothers, which is kind of weird. And finally, the Torah refers to Lavan's henchmen as his brothers. Which is really strange because these people went along with Lavan to capture or kill Yaakov. So what is going on? Maybe Yaakov is looking for a brother because he doesn't have one. His brother Esau wasn't a brother, he was a monster! It's like that book we read way back when we were little kids, Are You My Mother? It's about that bird who's trying to find his mother. So maybe Yaakov is looking for a brother with whom he can have a relationship. The only problem is that people typically don't look for something they never had. For example, it might be nice to have a younger brother or sister, but we don't know because we're the youngest in our family. Actually, I do have a kid brother. I have you. Give me a break. You're only 15 minutes older. That doesn't count as a kid brother. Yes, it does. Whatever. In any event, maybe Yaakov was looking for a brother to replace the one that he used to have. Think about it. Until Esau's bar mitzvah, he went to the same school as his twin Yaakov did. Do you think anyone ever bullied Yaakov at recess with his hulking brother Esau nearby? And don't you think Esau used to ask Yaakov every time he needed help with his homework? They were twin boys. Of course they had a relationship when they were kids. But after Bar Mitzvah, Esau flipped and became a murderer and an idolater. Yaakov lost his twin who would have been his best buddy. So maybe Yaakov keeps calling people his brothers because he's trying to replace the relationship they used to have. The closest relationship that exists between siblings, twins. And Yaakov would have known that every different type of family relationship we have gives us an opportunity to work on a different aspect of our relationship with God. So maybe that is why he was trying so hard to replace their relationship. If only we could always remember that all of our family relationships, the easy ones and the difficult ones, are all meant to help us improve our relationship with God. All right, and a big thank you to the Rothenberg twins and the Rothenberg family. That was a special treat. <laughs> I like how he pronounced the word idolatry. That was good. <laughs> nice job, guys. Very nice job. Harry Rothenberg normally with us. On Friday mornings in the first half hour of the 7 o'clock hour. Today, of course, he had other family members covering 
uh, the wonderful Dvar Torah for Parshas Vayetze. J.M. and A.M., good morning. Thanks and uh, uh, thanks for tuning in. A pleasure to have you aboard. Uh, feel free to comment on the app. Go to the NSN, Nahum Single Network app for Android and iPhone, and comment away. Uh, let's see. Happy birthday to Hadas Emuna. Hadas Emuna, my great niece, nine years old this coming Sunday. Mazal Tov, and happy birthday, Hadas Emuna. Uh, the Simmons family of Riverdale wants to uh, wish everyone a wonderful Shabbos. Thank you for that. J.A. Morris says, Nisiatava, I'm back but still flying high from my trip to Budapest. I can't tell you how awesome it was to listen to Jewish music in the Brooklyn Bagel store in Budapest. By the way, I've been told that before, that people at Brooklyn Bagel in Budapest tune in, which is very cool. Thank you. And while it wasn't uh, J.M. and the A.M., it was still pretty amazing to listen to Yishai Rebo and Avram Fried next steps to the NSN live broadcast team. Uh, please play Eitan Freilich's Tov Lahodos. That is very cool. That is very cool. And um, and uh, I wanted to mention that uh, we have a full lineup today. It's Friday, after all, here at JM in the AM. A Friday here at JM in the AM, and we have a full lineup, including a brand-new program. Uh done by Naomi Nachman. Let me just get to the, uh, here we go. Thank you, Avrami. He always sends all the best information. At 9 o'clock this morning after JM and AM, Naomi Nachman presents Table for Two from the Fleischig's Studio Kitchen and is joined by Ari Goodman of Jones's NYC, Schiffer and Shlomo Klein of Fleischig's Magazine, Morty Siegel of Crescor Travel Services, and Abby from Casanova Judaica. That's all happening in the 9 o'clock hour this morning right here, right after JM. Now, if you're in Israel and you're not going to be able to catch Naomi, remember we have an archive. Remember the video is going to be uh, on our page at NahumSiegel.com. So you'll catch it after Shabbos. Erev Shabbos show at 10 a.m. Eastern time with Mark Zamek, brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem. Erev Shabbos music mix brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem. All through the day. Saturday night, Siegel tomorrow night with Avrami and Rabbi Eliezer Zwickler. Sunday, it's Matis with JM Sunday starting at 7 a.m. Eastern time. So make sure to tune into all of our great Friday and weekend programming. And again, Naomi Nachman is brand new with a uh, brand new edition of Table for Two at 9 o'clock this morning, right after JM in the a.m. Next week, Mayor Furtick on Tuesday, Matis on Wednesday. I am live from Israel for Day of Giving on Thursday. That's all happening next week right here at JM in the a.m. Um, all right. Where are we heading to music-wise, you might be asking? We're going to go to this one from Yehuda Green at JM in the AM. Okay. 
JM in the AM. There you go. JM in the AM with Jonathan Scheinfeld and Yachad. Here on a Friday morning era of Shabbos. Candle lighting in New York, 408. Make sure you know when things start where you are. 408 here in New York. Oh, listener, Morris is the best. Morris, you are the best. <laughs> Keep spreading the word about JM in the AM. I think that's why we've had such a boost in listenership. Morris has been spreading the word. Uh, he says, why? You can never go wrong with the great Yehuda Green, Erev Shabbos Kodesh. He is so right. Shabbat Shalom, Nachum, and family, and to all. Thank you, Mara. Shabbat Shalom to you. Uh, you heard uh, Yonatan Sheinfeld, Ben Sion Twersky, and Yehuda Green opened up that set here at JMN. Don't forget, it's the final day to take advantage of the shopiclers.com, 10% off site-wide for Cyber Week. Cyber Week ends today at shopiclers.com. 10% off everything site-wide. Every gift, every Hanukkah item, all pieces of Judaica, all presents you can imagine. Um, it ends today, 10% off. It ends today, 10% off site-wide. Cyber sale for shopiclers.com. Go to shopiclers.com and uh, get what you need. Again, shopiclers.com. Hey, tomorrow night, the Young Israel Tamatora of Flatbush has their fall lecture series. Tomorrow evening at 8.15, it's going to be by Dr. Richard Weiss on ethical and halachic risks associated with harvesting organs. Ethical and halachic risks associated with harvesting organs. Tomorrow night, 8.15, lecture sponsored by Ogle Baumel in memory of Yosef Ben Yehuda Leib. And that happens at the um, Young Israel Talmud Torah of Flatbush, 1305 Coney Island Avenue between Avenues I and J in Brooklyn. Phone number 718-377-2528, 718-377-2528. Three seven seven two five two eight. Uh, don't forget the big Kushner event. The Atid Society is this coming Sunday in Livingston, New Jersey, with Modi the headliner. Modi is the headliner this coming Sunday for the Atid Society. A special shout out to Batsheva and Murray Halpern, and to um, everybody over at Kushner. Information: jkha.org/atid. jkha.org/atid. This coming Sunday night is the Turo 50th Anniversary Gala happening Sunday at 4 p.m. at the New York Marriott Marquis. Mazal tov to Dr. Alan Kadish, the president of Turo, Dr. Robert Goldschmidt, uh, the Honorable Shelley Berkeley, David Lichtenstein, all honorees this coming Sunday for Turo. And we say Mazal tov on that from all of us here at JM and the AM. Lots going on. Baruch Hashem, lots going on. This portion of NSN programming brought to you by our friends at A&H. Abel's and Hyman makes traditional kosher delicacies, pastrami, corned beef, salami, and more. Old world classics, beef fry, kishka, and more. Modern, better for you kosher products, including no nitrate added, reduced fat, and reduced sodium hot dogs, plus many other unique items. Visit the website at kosherdogs.net and try A&H today. You'll be glad you did. 10% off with promo code RADIO. Uh, when you go to kosherdogs.net, 10% off, make sure to use promo code radio. If you don't receive our daily thread or our weekly newsletter, just write to Avrami. He'll take care of that, af at nahomsegal.com. Again, that's af at nahomsegal.com. <clears throat> Brand new edition of Table for Two with Naomi Nachman from the Flashix Magazine Kitchen Studio. That's where it was recorded. That's happening today starting at 9 a.m. Eastern Time. Naomi Nachman, a brand new edition of Table for Two. That is today. Uh, Mark Zamek with the Arab Shabbos Show brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem. That's at 10 o'clock this morning. Plus, of course, the Arab Shabbos Music Mix brought to you by Kedem. So make sure to be tuned in all day long. 
Tomorrow night, Saturday night, Siegel with Avrami and Rabbi Eliezer Zwickler. Sunday, it's Matis with JM Sunday. Big week next week. I'm heading to Israel. I'll be here Monday. Mayor Fertig Tuesday. Matis on Wednesday. Uh, Thursday, live from Yushalayim, from the Nefesh Benefesh headquarters for our day of giving. A lot of special guests. There are rumors flying about who might be at the show next week. I'm not going to say anything yet, but um, we may have some really, really special guests next Thursday and Friday, hopefully back here at JM in the AM. Malcolm, Holmline, and more all coming up if you keep it here at JM in the AM. הם המעידים כי לשיש הכל ברויים ועומדים שמי שמיים ארץ וימים כל צבא מרום גבוהים ורמים תמים ואדם וחיית רמים כי בישם Zuan <laughs> במצוות שבת אל יחליצך, קום קרא אליו יחיש לארצך, נשמת כל חי וגם נריצך, אכול בשמחה כי כבר רצח, ובמשנה לחם וקידוש
אשר דיבר לעם סגולתו. שם עולה כת שמבר ויצאתו. שבת קודש, יום מחמדתו. כי בו שבת אין מכל מלאכתו. במצוות שבת אל יחליצך, קוקרא ערב יחיש לאמצח, נשמת כל חי וגם מעריצך, אכול בשמחה כי כבר עצמך, במשנה לחבק ידוש Thank you. 
JM and the AM. Shway Bosarf and Levine with Mimkomcha. Before that, Yitzchak Fuchs and Menucha Vesimcha here at JM and the AM. Don't forget our friends at JewishWorldReview.com. Those of you who are looking for thousands of articles about Israel and the Jewish world to print out before Shabbos, the resource that we constantly remind you about is JewishWorldReview.com. Go there. Become more and more well-read and educated about the issues of the day. Again, go to JewishWorldReview.com and enjoy. Malcolm Honline is vice chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations with us Fridays for the weekly update here at JM in the AM. Mr. Honline, welcome back to JM in the AM. Thank you. How are you? All right. Uh, interesting stuff going on. I don't know where to begin, frankly, with all the issues of the day, but I guess we'll start with the what the perceived, and I know it's a reality, but it certainly is more perceived because of the media attention, uh, rise in of anti-Semitism here in the United States. Uh, your reaction uh, to Trump, Kanye, Fuentes, what should American jury be thinking uh, during this uh, very interesting time? Well, that's, it's interesting in the Chinese curse context, may you live in interesting times. <laughs> this is to be way beyond interesting. And I think this past week has been one of the most concerning weeks that I can remember in a long time because it was Kanye and, uh, and the aftermath of Kylie and the, the reaction, which is really the more serious part of all of this. Um, and I don't know whether people really appreciate how serious this moment is. The, the confluence of so many different attacks and the fact that the, that millions come to the defense of open anti-Semites and that in a political realm that um, doesn't want to see people raise the issue of anti-Semitism because they think that the charge helps the candidate, not hurts them in uh, certain places. And that the, the whole tenor of, of the times is deeply disturbing. And, you know, you don't often hear me talk this way about what, what is happening, but I think it's, it is to some degree overwhelming what we see on our campuses when you see establishment figures either not responding to or, or um, even cohorting with, with uh, people who engage in blatant anti-Semitism. And it's not just the most visible. It, the reports we get every, sometimes every hour on the hour of, of another incident or another, um, another facet of this opening up. And it's, it's uh, you know, when you see in the United Nations, they can vote that Israel's creation was a disaster to some of the more local incidents. But we know we're dealing in record numbers of, of anti-Semitic attacks. It's not just a number. We have to think about what is happening to American society. And it's a universal macho right now that we have it in Europe. We have it all over the world that these kind of uh, incidents are taking place. Is it the speed, so, Malcolm? Is it the technology? Because, I mean, just for a moment. Everything plays a role, 100%. Right, but for a moment. I mean, this is not new in, in, in modern Jewish history in the United States. I mean, people can go back to pre-State of Israel United States and find plenty of anti-Semitism, newspapers and radio broadcasts filled with them. And we can go to the you know 80s and 90s and talk about Farrakhan and Jesse Jackson and others who you know did, never got the 
pushback they deserved to get. I know there was some from the media, but that they deserved to get when they came out with outrageous statements. Is it only the technology and speed that's making this different? No, I think I think it is a big factor, and it's it has changed the nature of the way you can promulgate anti-Semitism. That it you, you have uh, nanoseconds to spread lies and distortions, and it's impossible for us to to counter everything that comes up because it, it's uh, thousands and thousands of anti-Semitic websites are promulgating uh, messages, and the um, the speed with which it can be communicated, the breadth of the distribution is, is equally disturbing. The, um, and, and the fact that, that, you know, with the distance from the Holocaust, some people will say, and that it's, no, it's now just an historic memory for some and for others, not even that. But it, it's a combination of factors. I think that there are, are a lot of societal factors, and I think there are a lot of questions we have to ask about how do we react to it? Do we give more oxygen to, to the bad guys? Should we be silent and not feed them? Are we rewarding them actually when we attack them because they that's exactly what they want? I mean, these are serious issues that we're wrestling with and trying to assess about how, how we respond and how we uh, address it. And and shifting responsibility to the parties that are involved. When, when if it comes from a particular sector of the community, then the leaders in that community have a responsibility to speak out. When it comes from, you know, when government uh, has responsibilities and they don't act on it, then we have to hold them to account. You know, the, the uh, powers to be, it's not comparable to, you know, people telling me 1939, 1938. It's not, you know, you have the government of the United States investing a lot of money, a lot of efforts in protecting Jewish institutions and encountering it. Most police forces, and I emphasize most, um, are willing to, to address it, though not as aggressively as we would like and not on a sustained basis and so much as we would like. But the, so it, we have to be very careful with facile uh, comparisons to events of the past, but I would not say that it's inappropriate to say that this looks like 1935 when we see the kind of messages that are being spread and the and the willingness of people to uh, accept it. And, and as you know, I do uh, the radio shows on, on WOR and on uh, CBS on the world, and, and the reactions today are very different than what we used to get. And the the fact that a, a comment by Kylie or, or he uh, can draw millions of supportive comments, millions, and we monitor this. So I'm, I'm saying it's, uh, it is very troubling. I don't get much sleep at night anymore. I never used to get a lot, but I don't get very little now with just trying to assess and, and look at this and decide on what the best way, whether open confrontational time or, or should we ignore them? Uh, and how we how we accomplish what we need to in the internet uh, again no magic pill whether you know um, they should censor the comments should they not censor the comments these are questions we haven't re- wrestled with so when you draw the comparison to the past periods this is different qualitatively different you're affiliated with tens, I don't know the exact number of what we would refer to generally as mainstream Jewish organizations. 
the majority of them have remained silent. And I would assume you'd be demanding, and I mean this out of your capacity, I'm not saying suggesting how to do your job, but out of your capacity, I would assume you'd be demanding that people like this who are supposed leaders in our community should be outraged and should be expressing that outrage publicly. I would say majority of the organizations are responding to it. I would say that they, they, the amounts of money that is being spent is very impressive. There are a lot of foundations. There are a lot of organizations. You have the Shine a Light coming up soon. You have other events coming up. Uh, there are things that are going on all the time in terms of responding to anti-Semitism, in terms of legislative initiatives, the IRA definition, the uh, state uh, sponsors, uh, 36 states, I think, have adopted it. Uh, dozens and dozens of countries have adopted it against a lot of opposition and then increasing opposition on free speech grounds and all sorts of other uh, grounds. So the question is not whether people are responding, but what is the most effective response? And that's something people are wrestling with. We have people that I'm working with who, who, who have developed a predictive ability on the internet to be able to anticipate where anti-Semitism will rise, which will give us the ability to have advanced notice and to prepare and not be surprised when it pops up here or pops up there. But they can't the anticipate when a former president meets with Fuentes that they can't predict. That's exactly right. And I was just going to say that that, that is not, it's not a, a, a cure-all for, for what we face, what, what happened there and, and the debate. And then the, the uh, fact that whatever people who are opposed to Trump, now all of that yeah. gets focused on the Jewish community. You know, it's funny. He's a, he loves the headlines. We know that. It's been like that his entire career. He loves the headlines. And he utilized, I mean, hate hate to be, uh, you know, cynical, uh, but he, he utilized um, uh, Israel to grab some headlines during his presidency. And now it seems that this is, you know, his latest attempt to, to make some noise out there and to, you know. I, I, I don't think that that was his intent. I don't think he... he thought it through that that regard and i wouldn't dismiss what he did for israel as just you know responsible for the moment i think you know he he was committed to it and he did so many things that i i think yeah but you don't believe that he was that but you don't believe that he was unfamiliar with fuentes's resume i would assume you don't believe that right or no i don't know what he's familiar with. he's not somebody who reads a lot i don't know that he would know how many people knew fuentes was before this uh this incident i mean it it's it, feeds his purpose. And that's what I'm saying, that, that sometimes I feel like we're feeding the tiger uh, by some of the publicity. I'm not saying we shouldn't respond to it. I'm not saying anything about it. In some cases, like with Kanye West, you're dealing with a guy who's obviously sick and and uh, ignorant. And, you know, to say that Hitler invented highways and Hitler invented the microphone he uses, I mean, aside from, you know, the vicious anti-Semitism that he continues to, to espouse and people saying, well, he shouldn't have met with the other two, with Fuentes. Why, why should he have met with Kanye West? If did none of his people That's knew what I'm Kanye saying. West he, had said. But he likes the headlines. He knows what kind of following this guy has. Forget Fuentes. No, that, that was... But he had a personal relationship with, with West, and, and he, West you know, was talking about running against him, and I think he really wanted to dissuade him from, from doing so and splitting the vote. And, and West there asked him to run as his running mate. He asked Trump to be his vice presidential candidate. I mean, it's it sick, but it's, 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 it's too <laughs> it's, much to it's, each of these things. It's some, poli- <laughs> it's some political strategy, that's for sure. And what do you do with the deniers? 
You know what? One of the things that always frustrates me, and you know, I have a little bit of history with you know relating, or I should say, having exchanges with people on the extreme left and the extreme right. So I have a little bit of of experience with this. It's the lies that always drive me crazy. In other words, if someone makes a potent argument about the political situation in America and how you know X, Y, or Z should be behaving or how they should be dealing with stuff politically, okay, you're having an intelligent conversation, and uh, you know, and and the reality is, you know, you may not agree with the other person but you know at least you could hear their point of view but when people you know blatantly lie when half of their rhetoric or all of their rhetoric including the holocaust denial is simply lies where do you go what do you do malcolm in a situation like that well first of all i do think you have to respond and and whenever there's a lie you have to shine the light the question is how do you do it creatively and how do you do it in a way that keeps the onus on those who are the perpetrators so much of the time, because we jump in, we're taking responsibility for the things when, for instance, in this case, black leadership should be the one speaking out against the anti-Semitism and knowing that certainly in New York, the most of the attacks are, are coming from young black youth and, and there are black leaders who are speaking out, but you know, they don't get the media attention and they don't get the, the focus that the haters are getting. And I think holding media to it, to account, Look what the New York Times has done against the Orthodox community in this constant barrage of articles. And it doesn't mean that they're above criticism or that there aren't legitimate times, but that's not what, what they're doing here. This is so far beyond it. It's a deliberate campaign, I believe. And I think that and you can take each sector and then analyze what is happening in it to to realize what what we're up against. It's It's an overwhelming challenge. The amounts of money that we need, the communities now spending fortunes on security that we never had to do before, right? And even with the government grants, which are greatly appreciated and are very important, the fact is the burden largely falls on the Jewish community, whether it's SCAN and CSS and all the other groups that have been created are a reflection of this. And the community itself, the, you know, the psychological impact in on our community is being felt that parents are afraid to send their kids to school or people are afraid to, to walk with a mug and dumb it with a, with a yarmulke or with whatever in the streets. This is an unacceptable condition. One of the things that, uh, and I always, you know, hesitate to compare everything to, uh, to the Holocaust, because frankly, that was so extreme. And the, and the, and the theme, you know, Hitler's theme was genocide, literally to eliminate every Jew. And obviously there've been different levels of anti-Semitism over the last many thousands of years. Um, that you know fall in between people loving Jews and and people wanting to actually uh, kill you know have mass execution a genocide of Jews. But one of the things that uh, was pointed out in one of the videos that's going around is the alliance that Hitler had uh, with um, uh, with unlikely partners in order to destroy the Jews. And of course, uh, you know you could you could you could point to many of them, and it is remarkable to see how people in the black community are now being embraced by white supremacists because of their position regarding the Jews. And it's that alliance that I think is the most fearful thing here. As usual, the Jews are going to end up being isolated. As usual, if you don't respond and do something about this, we're going to be getting it from both sides and have nowhere to go. And I think that that's what people have to keep in mind. We always think, oh, you know, we've had this common past, common history uh, with the black community. And we've had, you know, all these alliances with different segments of, of, um, of people here in the United States. It just doesn't last when, when those groups go ahead and align with those who want to destroy us. 
Right. I, I think we should be careful not to say that it's the, it's the black community. and many in the black community who have denounced it. I see it on the calling shows I do and, and other opportunities, and especially on the Internet. But on the other hand, you're right that the extremists in those communities, the extreme left and extreme right, which is something I've talked about for years here, will ultimately meet. And they have the same tattoos, the same bandanas, the same hateful messages. It's not that because that the white supremacists are going to like blacks. They're just going to say, well, on this we can work together, but they still have to be separate. And if they think that they're, they're doing anything to protect their, their community, the black community, or to, and to diminish hatred against them, they're quite wrong. These people hate, and they hate no matter what. They will make temporary and, and alliances that serve an immediate purpose. And what we have to do is to see to it, and and when we're on out front each time on these issues, we what we have we should be pushing that the people who come from those communities have to be out front. And by and large, both law enforcement and elected officials and others reject anti-Semitism, reject the the, the promulgators of of uh, anti-Semitism. But for too long, they tolerate it. For too long, you don't get the willingness to stand up. And I'm telling you that when I hear it, and this was one of the most bone chilling of the comments this week. And literally, there were days where every hour on the hour, something else came in of, of concern here from elsewhere, uh, America or other countries, of anti-Semitic manifestations, the growth of the organizations. And, and it is not nationwide. You don't have... Um, necessarily claim, but you do have the growth through the internet and that they're able to to operate below the surface and and we want to see more coming from the FBI. We want to see more coming from uh, law enforcement that people don't get a slap on the wrist and we have to do more to prosecute and we have to do more necessary to take lawsuits to drive them back under the rocks. We're not going to cure this, but we can diminish it. And and to make sure that that anybody who is caught right now, we have the revolving door justice, even here in New York City. Yeah, no question about it. It's America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners sponsored digital radio around the world. The web at Siegel.com and the Nachum Siegel Network. And of course, in the beloved NSN app. Malcolm Holmline, vice chairman, conference of presidents of major American Jewish organizations. And related, but in a way moving on, you got to address this thing. I mean. Would they get together uh, at the United Nations and have a vote that the establishment of China or, or Indonesia or, you know, was a was a horrible day and one that has to be commemorated at the United Nations? So the vote was, I think, 90 to 30 with 50, almost 50 abstentions, which means that what 80 countries did not support it. But abstaining on a question of Israel's right to exist yeah, and that's... adopting the Nakba language. And, you know, for years, people didn't respond to the Nakba charges and their people, you know, just let November 29th come and go. And we kept saying, you got to pay attention to this, it's catching on. And, and it becomes a focal point of the of the debate in the U.N. You have the establishment of that commission of inquiry, which, again, you know, a week later, two weeks later, seems to be then just accepted when it is, in fact, have a lim- has a limitless budget to go after Israel, criticize Israel, issued the first report. We have to note the United States did speak out against it, and, and when you look at the list of democracies in the world, they they came out against this uh, uh, this resolution. Uh, United Kingdom, Canada, most European Union countries. Um, but who do we blame? Unfortunately, for- some of the you know the Abraham Accord countries 
were were part of it and in Cyprus for reasons I don't understand at all. But who and, do we blame for bringing it to pursue. a vote? Is it the Secretary General? Like, who do we blame for bringing it to a vote? Well, it's the Palestinians who push the issue, and this, the Secretary General will always tell us that he doesn't control it. You know, this is it's not in his bailiwick um, to be able to set the agenda. But of course, he has a he has the bully pulpit, and he can get up and he can denounce it. And when you see the cheering of the of the resolution. Uh, obviously, the Palestinian representative is, is uh, the cheerleader, and the the uh, fact that um, these uh, many of these resolutions even have budgetary implications, meaning more money going to the Palestinians or UNRWA or any of the others who, who really are just massive anti-Israel propaganda machines. And we should remember that a lot of this anti-Israel stuff emanated from the BDS campaign, which was initiated by the Palestinian, by the PA, which funded an office in and, and, and many years ago that constantly put out this message of BDS and BDS, which eventually gets picked up. And most people don't feel the immediate impact in saying, well, you know, boycott divestment. There's no boycott divestment. It's true. Most major corporations don't. But this has an erosionary effect. And it becomes then the rallying call, whether on campus and communities, that people who don't stand up against any other dictatorship. And, and you see that even the head of UNRWA was forced to flee Gaza because he said something uh, that they didn't like. And uh, UNRWA, which is a, a machine of helping the, the, um, the Palestinians in the cause, I mean, it's supposed to be humanitarian, but it in fact has been subverted. And again, funded by the United Nations and the agencies, of the United Nations. This is a it is a, it's a global challenge. It certainly is. I, I never thought we'd be discussing these topics to this degree in 2022. But as you said, you've been talking about this for years and warning about it. And now and people didn't like it. And now every college board and every college student union can point to the United Nations. Even they think Israel's existence is terrible and a disaster. What more do you need? And, and just if anybody who has doubts about what we're saying, and I know they will say this is depressing. It's not depressing. Ignorance is depressing. When you make people aware, if you, yeah. you know, if we hold our political and elected officials, now's the time they're going to be on vacation. Often on congressmen will be coming home. All of your listeners should make sure your schools invite them to come and hold them to account. Find out what their plans are for the new session. How will they support measures against anti-Semitism and assuring the security of our community to get local officials? Everybody matters in, in this case. And when you have sitting in the city council of New York, you know, I don't know, a half a dozen of people who are committed against Israel and or even more and who, who manifest even anti-Semitic views, that we have to hold people to account. And I know, you know, it's uncomfortable. People don't want to hear it. And they don't want to be afraid. And they shouldn't. We want don't want people every morning to get up and have to be worried about whether they can step out of the houses. That's not the situation. But look at the number of, of incidents this year. And, and if anything, it's much easier with distance. So Israel fended off, I don't know, 8,000 terrorist incidents of some kind and prevented 500 serious terrorist attacks. And yet who gets condemned? Yeah. Who gets the, the bears the brunt of this? So we're not going to look for rationality. We have to look that Jews, number one, have to be united. Jews have to stand together. I think the facile criticism of Israel 
should should be people should be held to account for it because everybody has a right to express their views or to be concerned about some development. But you got to think that when you go out and you make statements that the enemy can use against us and when the media, so they don't, they're not the ones doing this thing. It's not us. It's your people who are, who are saying all these things. Yeah. Gives you a greater appreciation for those non-Jews who've been standing up for Jews, especially uh, when, when under pressure to do exactly the opposite. So when the mayor of New York goes to the mayor's anti-Semitism conference in Athens, we as residents of New York should, uh, should uh, reach out and let them know how much it's appreciated, right? I mean, that's an example. I mean, he's being criticized for it for being out of New York, but the right. fact is that it's a mayor's conference and mayors from around, and, and everybody who does do it, it's what we want. We want people in authority to speak out against and commit, and the more they speak out and come, and they come back with ideas of what others uh, have done, the better the better it is. Oh. I'm not saying, again, that this is going to be a panacea and, and yeah. that, and that it, it erases anything else that, that one has uh, to be concerned about, but Look how it overshadows what's going on in Iran and what's going on in Ukraine, uh, other things. When we see the kinds of, of broad scale and and um, the acceptability, uh, increasing acceptability of anti-Semitism, it's exactly what happened in Mitzrayim. We keep raising the bar, raising the bar on what we will tolerate. Right. And until we say no more, that's it, we're not going to accept it. And we really hold people to account to not find excuses. And that's why Ben and Jerry's, which may be very insignificant in the greater scheme of things, what they did to fight it is important to stop the BDS that people, other companies see that there's a price. That when the contracts were taken away from uh, Yi and there are people who, um, uh, West, people who, who raise the question, the fact is that others then have to consider it doesn't mean we're curing their anti-Semitism. But at least if it's not manifested, and it's something you referenced before, which you know I talk about many times, that we do not take the threat of Farrakhan. We didn't seriously enough how he has poisoned and how his his hateful message has permeated the black community. Yeah, no question about it. Should have acted in a much stronger fashion when he was at the height of his uh, rhetoric. Um, well, on the topic of Iran for a second, uh, if um, if the United States, Russia in 1980 was a 10 out of 10 in terms of the political significance of a hockey victory, uh, where do you put this uh, soccer victory in the World Cup of the U.S. over Iran? This match, uh, you know, was uh, was basically uh, was being painted as politics uh, on the field uh, as significant as something like uh, back in 1980 or people really blew this out of proportion. Yeah, I don't think it has quite that significance, but I do think that it was important to see the Iranian people's reactions, that all across Iran, people went into the streets to celebrate the loss of their team. Uh, wow, when you I didn't see, see in, that. That's in, amazing. I didn't see yeah, that. Wow. And, the, and to see in the stadium how many people came in with the old Iranian flag and to see the the uh, reaction, you know, it's the first time they they the team didn't wouldn't sing the national anthem in their first game. By the second game, they some of them sort of mouthed it, and others, you know, didn't. There was no great enthusiasm in, in singing national anthem. But we know that their families were threatened, and, and one of the team players who was injured, who went back home, was put in prison already. And we, you know, I'm very worried, and I think the United States ought. Offer asylum to the players, because I, I am sure that most of them are going to face a very uncertain future when they go back, not only for losing, but for you know, seen as uh, unpatriotic and 
you know, criticism of Iran is not tolerated. And I will tell you also that Qatar cooperated with Iran in, in that they gave the list of every Iranian who applied for tickets, and the government vetoed many, and um, for others was able were able to follow them because of collaboration, according to reports with um, uh, with Qatar. And you know they are allies, and the, so the game itself is is uh, would have been had they won you could be sure that this would have been a huge propaganda campaign saying you know how they beat the united states but the sentiment is not that way and again the frustration to me is people are not looking at uh, at, at what is happening there and how this has been such a sustained effort today in in many of the major cities there are going to be demonstrations the truck drivers the unions are joining it we see that the the um, number of people who are being arrested the number of uh, of dead is rising all the time including of children yet i haven't seen resolutions in coming up the human rights council i think adopted one but very minor but where's the general assembly where's the campaigns in the in the world to to really put them back and we and we know that there were still advocates and still are advocates of the JCPA who still think we should be, you know, leaving open the negotiations and that there are some sort of supposedly some sort of indirect um, uh, talks that are going on. But if you look at the polls of the people, you see overwhelmingly they're rejecting it. I mean, like 75% say they shouldn't have to wear the hijab came out against the dress rules. And, uh, you know, when you express an opinion in Iran, it's, it's a very courageous, um, action. So what what we're seeing in in terms of um, of the demonstrations, the manifestations continuing, but with a very limited support from the West. We should be giving them money. We should be giving them. They're not asking for guns. Actually, they're getting guns from the the troops, and many of the troops are are uh, refusing to act against the uh, demonstrators. Uh, the majority of the people who have been killed, which is now at least 500, uh, I hear from the people there, and maybe more, uh, amongst them several dozen young youngsters, uh, arrests that uh, probably are in a 20,000 range, uh, and yet it it doesn't diminish the demonstrations. It they grow that way, and every arrest, and 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 they're frustrated because they see that they can't stop this one. And so we should be doing everything possible, not instigating because the people are doing it, but showing them the support that you need to support them. People should support. They they need money for, for food and to to help the people who get thrown out of their jobs. And and, uh, and, and anybody who doesn't think that, that Iran is continuing on its aggressive behavior, we see that they're moving more and more towards China and Russia. They just joined this week the Shanghai Cooperation Council. <laughs> They are, um, and, and President Assad, you saw, praised Iran, praised Hezbollah, that the, uh, they are being more aggressive in, in Iraq and in Syria, as is Turkey, by the way, right. and people are dying because of it. But their attacks go against the ethnic communities, which is very explosive. The deaths in the Baluchis, the death amongst the Azeris, and mostly amongst the Kurds. So they're trying to avoid attacking the, the Farsi population, by attacking the others, but it's not helping. And they will, you know, the, the, there's always the danger because you've got a majority of the population of Iran are not Farsi. Turkey uh, Turkey makes believe that they're aligned with everybody. <laughs> they try to make believe that they, that they have... Only been. on Thanksgiving. <laughs> the other thing is that I wonder about the timing. 
with everything you just said, I wonder if they got lucky, the demonstrators, those who can't stand the situation in Iran, that the World Cup took place and that all this attention was placed on the game now. Like, I don't know if the timing could have been better. Maybe it would have been better if it was half a year from now. Who knows? But maybe this will bring attention. Or do you think, like everything else, you know, 10 minutes later these days, people have forgotten completely about it? I think the latter is true that it, it, for the moment it helps. It focused attention, world attention, when you saw the demonstrations in the in this stadium. And, and remember, they know that they're being photographed. They know that they, they pay a price. Their families get warned when people are, are pictured in these manifestations. And it, it, it's so courageous. And yet the, the, the silence that, that um, uh, meets the, what, what they've done, look at their cooperation. They're building uh, drones in Russia. Where, where's the condemnation? And we see now Germany is calling for additional sanctions against Iran for the treatment of the demonstrators. And what makes this demonstration particularly unique is that it's led by women. And that mobilizes a lot more support uh, than sometimes demonstrations that were led by men. Now men have joined it, but still women have been extremely courageous in being out front and started, you know, by taking off the head covering. But they are still playing a, a critical role in the in the overall um, demonstrations. So and and it's so much bigger than what people know and and what it takes to organize, and that it's. You know, they uh, it moves from place to place, and how they have avoided uh, often the confrontations with Basiji by surprising them and and uh, them not being able to keep control over them right. in, uh, in a closed society. Right. By the way, uh, for those who are reacting to what I said about Trump on the app, I I admit it. I admit that Malcolm's criticism of me was 100 percent right. Uh, but I was I was just I was going to the extreme. I was not trying to point out that Trump was insincere about what he did for Israel. What I was trying to point out was a, a little piece of what he did for Israel, which I do believe was 100 percent sincere and much appreciated in his relationship with the former and upcoming prime minister is well known. Uh, but I was saying that a little piece of it is his love for, uh, you know, for the headlines. He, he didn't mind the fact that it got him amazing publicity in certain sectors. I mean, we know how much he's loved the publicity since his uh, days way before he was president. So that was my point. And, yeah, I accept the criticism for for taking that to the extreme. Finally, Malcolm, I mean, I, I, there's still two. I mean, I have a million topics here, but there's two we never touched and we're out of time already. But I, I'm assuming the timeline for the new government of Israel is, is moving ahead. And before the final deadline strikes, there will be a new government. It seems to be going in that direction. Right. Well, I think that Netanyahu had hoped to have a government earlier. You know, the negotiations stretched on. He did reach an accord now with Smotrich, which we we heard last Friday morning was the case, right. and that it was expected then that they would have a government sooner. But he has yet to allocate the other ministries, and you know, mostly within Likud. So he has deals with with the others. Uh, as you see, the reaction of the world to a government's not even informed is uh, quite uh, astounding. Um, including within our own community, especially within our own community. And the, you know, people should give it a chance. And Netanyahu is not going to let a lot of things that people may, you know, grandstand positions, but that doesn't mean it's going to become the law and, and or, or that Netanyahu, as he has said in the statements that he made uh, all this week, and dampening down those, uh, those expectations. So people should give him a chance. He has to, it's complicated. Um, to form a government and to to be able to herd everybody into the corral, 
But I do think that he's asked for the two-week extension, and I think that he will form the government in that time. Nobody wants to go to elections again. Yeah, that's for sure. And uh, too many too many groups over the decades have come out against the rule of law of certain Israeli governments. So I know that we can't do this now because we don't have the time for it. But uh, I, And I agree that, that those that I agreed with, it was irresponsible of them, and I'm now saying that those who are coming out uh, you know, with statements they're not ready to cooperate or recognize a certain government in Israel is, is so dangerous for the future of the state of Israel and the Jewish people. So reconsider those of you who are coming out with that uh, type of statement and opinion. Uh, Malcolm, I thank Malcolm, you. Malcolm, can I just say sure. one thing? That you know, nothing positive on Israel, though, gets coverage. This week, the 3,000th Palestinian children had open-heart surgery, child had open-heart surgery in Israel since they started the Save the... Uh, Save a Child, Save a Heart uh, program, I think it's called. And it's one of the most remarkable things where these children are brought from uh, all over the Palestinian territories. Uh, this last one was from Gaza. They get free, completely free treatment, including you know heart transplants, heart repair uh, operations, uh, as well as children from other parts of the world that come. Where do you see the congratulations? Where do you see the salute to Israel? The, U- for, the UN praise, the, UN pra- the collective UN praise for Israel for doing that. Exactly, the acknowledgement. And there's so many things like this that that adds to the frustration and tells you how distorted and how, how what the true intent here is. They don't care about the lives of their own, let alone of others, that it's it's really the destruction of Israel and the hatred against the, the Jewish people. And I don't say people should panic. They should not. That's not the right response. But we have to stand up. We have to be proud. And we can't succumb to the intimidation. To sum up, it all comes down to the same thing. It always has, and unfortunately it always will. And we have to fight and fight uh, to stem the tide, and as early as possible in the process, as you've described this morning. Malcolm, I thank you. Have a wonderful Shabbos. Thanks for joining us. Good Shabbos, Steve. Malcolm Holmline, Vice Chairman, Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations, with us Friday, 7.40 a.m. Eastern Time, right here at JMNAM. As you know, I'm landing back here Friday next week. I am intending to get into a studio before 7.40 and make sure to have the weekly update on. We will obviously keep you up to date as things develop regarding the schedule. Uh, Erev Shabbos Parshas Vayetze, candle lighting at 4.08 in New York, 4.08 in New York. Erev Shabbos Parshas Vayetze. Make sure you know when things start where you are. The Saint Talamutar starts outside of Israel because they're already saying it in Israel. The Saint Talamutar starts outside of Israel on Sunday night. Sunday night, the Saint, Ta- excuse me, the Saint Talamutar begins. Keep that in mind. If you're not familiar with that, consult with your local rabbi. This time each and every Friday, every era of Shabbos, with great pleasure, we present Rabbi Benjamin Yudin. Spiritual leader emeritus, congregation Shomrei Torah in Fairlawn, New Jersey, to address the entire listening audience concerning the Torah portion of the week. Good morning, Rabbi Yudin. Good morning, Nachum. Good Shabbos, everybody. Tomorrow we have the privilege of reading Parshas Vayetze. Whoa. Parshas Vayetze contains 148 psukim. It deals with the life of Yaakov, who's running away from Esau and spends 20 years at Lovan's house. At that point... He has four wives and 11 sons, one daughter, and is on his way back at the end of the parasha to come back home. Interestingly, this parasha is stuma, 
meaning that it has no break in the action, no paragraphs for 148 psukim. And I'm interested if any of you have an answer, if you can please call me and let me know what your answer is, why this parsha is stuma. Okay, let's get running. The opening first two psukim of the parshas, Vayetze, present a difficulty. Why? Initially we're taught that Yaakov arrives at Choran. And in the next pasuk we're told that he chanced upon the place as the sun set. And our rabbis in Chulin 91b teach us that the place was indeed the future site of the Beis HaMikdash. And the Gemara there resolves this difficulty by teaching that when Yaakov came to Choran, he was troubled and said, Could it be that I passed over the place that my grandfather and father davened there? So what did he do? Says the Gemara, Kad Yohiv the Immediately he turned around to go back to pray at that place, and the rest is history. Our sages teach that he was afforded Kfisas Aderach, which means he arrived speedily, miraculously at the holy place and received the incredible dream of the angels ascending, descending. He received the prophecy of the eternal survival of the Jewish people. He received multiple personal blessings. All this, explained Chazal, due to his initiative to return and pray. The Zohar teaches that that divine assistance emanates from the workings, the doings of man. And as great as Yaakov was, and his name as we know is engraved on the Kisei Yaakovo, the throne of Hashem, he received all of the above only when he initiated his resolve. And I believe that we are taught this concept at the very beginning of the Torah. Immediately after the account of creation, at the beginning of chapter 2, we are taught in verse 5 that all vegetation and the trees had not yet sprouted, as Hashem did not yet cause it to rain. And man was not there to work the land. And Rashi teaches that till there was a man who would understand and realize that there's a need for rain, to pray for rain and appreciate the rain, till then it did not rain. Therefore, take a look. Built into nature the very nature of this world is the need for man to have a relationship with Hashem. 
And this relationship is expressed through Isurusa Dilasata, man's praying, man's actions, and Hashem's Isurusa Dilaila, his response to us. Interesting. The first communication that Hashem had with Avram Avinu was Lechlacha, as we all know, to go to the place that he, Hashem, would show him. And the Zohar teaches, unbelievable, that it was not until Avram took the initiative, started the journey with his father Terach, as taught at the very end of Parshas Noach, did Avraham warrant and receive the divine call of Lech Lecha. The Medrashir Hashirim Rabbah teaches on the Pasuk in Shmos, in chapter 11, Pasuk 4, the Moshe said to Bnei Yisrael, so said Hashem, that at mid the night I shall go out in the midst of Mitzrayim. Note this comes after the performance of the Korban Pesach, which was a great act of courage and obedience of Bnei Yisrael to Hashem. The Medrash says, in the name of Rav Yaso, Hashem says, You open for me an opening kepesach shomachat, which means literally the size of the head of a needle, and I will open for you an opening that can accommodate the passage of wagons. Once again, it is man's initiative, right, which releases the divine assistance. Note that every morning we begin Sukkot Zimra with Tehillim Lamid, Psalm 30, which begins, Mizmoshir Hanukas Habayis Ledavid, which begins a psalm, a song for the inauguration of the temple by David. However, stop and ask yourself, did David HaMelech build the first base on Migdash? After all, Hashem tells him, as recorded in Divrei Hayamim 1, Chronicles 1, chapter 17, Pasuk 4, and I quote, It is not you, says Hashem to David, who will build a house for me. Yet it's called Habayas Ledavid. Why? And the answer is that it was his, once again, key word, initiative, as found in the beginning of the above cited chapter. David was troubled that he was living in a house of cedar, while the Oron, the Ark of the Covenant of Hashem, was under curtains in a temporary manner. Because he initiated and readied the materials for his son Shlomo, he provided David the Isorusa de la Sata, Hashem responded with Isorusa de la bringing his glory, his holy Shekhinah into our midst. Indeed, the Ramban on the Pasuk in Parshas Korach, chapter 16, Pasuk 24, notes that the nation of Israel were deservant of punishment for the delay of the building of the first Beis Amigdash. 
and the Oron was wandering from place to place as a stranger in the land, and that the tribes did not come forth and demand a Beis Hamikdash, as the pasuk says in Devarim, the Shechno Sidrishu Uvasashama, you shall seek out his presence and come there. Without Isorerusa Dilasata, there is no Isorerusa Dilaela. This natural law is incorporated into many mitzvos, and indeed, one of the reasons for these mitzvos. The Gemara in Rosh Hashanah 16a teaches in the name of Rabbi Kiva that Hashem ordains, bring me an omer's worth of barley on Pesach so that he can bless the grain in our fields. We are to bring two loaves on Shavuos in order for him to bless the fruits of the land. We are to pour water on the Mizbeach. Why? On Sukkos? To receive the blessing for the rains of winter. It all begins with the small acts of man, which precipitate the abundant heavenly blessings. The Chavetz Chaim Zechorel of Racha, in his commentary on the Pesach in Devarim, chapter 22, Pesach 4, whereby the Torah teaches the mitzvah of Te'ina, helping the owner of an animal to pick up his fallen animal, the Torah legislates Hokim, Tokim, Imo. You shall stand them up with him. The Mishnah in Bavmetzia 32a teaches that if the owner says to the one responding to do the mitzvah, I'll sit down and watch as you do it, because after all, it's your mitzvah, then there is no mitzvah, no obligation on the responder, as the Torah says, Imo, with him. He has to participate. Similarly, if one wishes to grow in their spirituality, to come closer to Hashem, they must take the first step. It has to be emo with him. You can't leave it all to Hashem. And therefore, we pray every day in the second bracha preceding the Shema in the morning, and we say, the same skill instill in our hearts to understand and comprehend, to listen, to learn, to teach, observe, perform and fulfill all the words and the teachings of your Torah. However, if man does not open the Gemara and study, ouch, it's a false and wasted prayer. The Chavaz continues and compares it to one who asks someone for a loan and is told to come to his home at a specific time to receive the loan, but does not come to collect it. What we learn from this is that we have to initiate the study of Torah and this Orerusa Dila'ila will come. 
Chanukah is in the air. The tour in chapter Tufresh Ayin 670 writes and cites the Bach, who explains that the reason we lost control of the Beis Amigdash is because we were Nisrashlu Ba'avoda. We did not regard and respect, appreciate the Beis Amigdash sufficiently. If we don't value it, we lose it. It was therefore our diligence and energy in searching for the pure jar of oil, despite the fact that perhaps we could have used the impure oil, our initiative, our Isorerusa de la Sata, enabled the miracle to come. And finally, the Gra in his Kol Hator, writes that while certainly there is a divine plan of history, our initiatives, our actions, are not merely a reflection of our personal commitment and beliefs, but actually help precipitate and actualize the divine redemption. When Jewish families go on Aliyah, it is not only a biblical fulfillment of the mitzvah of Yishuv Eretz Yisrael to the Ramban and others, but our Isorerusa de la Sato helps bring about this Orerusa de la Eila of Kibbutz Golios, the ingathering of the exiles. May we be privileged, each in our own way, to naturally participate and precipitate exciting divine plan for ourselves and for Klal Yisrael. Shabbat Shalom to all.
J.M. in the A.M. Zmiros, done by uh, Avram Rosenblum and Diaspora. J.M. in the A.M. on a, uh, what is today? Friday, Erev Shabbos, of course. And I thank you all for tuning in. Feel free to comment on the app. Go to the NSN, Nahum Single Network app for Android and iPhone, and comment away. Um, those of you who missed the weekly update, do yourself a favor and check out the archive. Those of you who missed the weekly update, do yourself a favor and check out the archive. Um, can't say it enough times of all the weekly updates we've done and we've done my gosh I can't even start to calculate how many it's in the thousands Um, of all that we've done today was one of the most important ones a real wake-up call and if you see any of the uh, the videos that I'm alluding to that give analysis of the anti-semitism of today uh, from the perspective of uh, traditional people those who are dedicated to our faith, show them to your children and grandchildren. Make sure that they are required to watch them. Get a perspective on what's happening these days. Our friends at ShopEichlers.com, it's the final day of Cyber Week. Today's the final day of Cyber Week. ShopEichlers.com, again, ShopEichlers.com. Um, 10% off site-wide. 10% off site-wide. Everything Kanaka, everything Gifts, everything Judaica. Uh, it's all there, site-wide, 10% off, use promo code RADIO. Again, go to shopiclers.com, make sure to use promo code RADIO. Go to shopiclers.com, make sure to use promo code RADIO. Feel free to comment on the app. Go to the NSN, Malcolm Siegel Network app, for Android and iPhone. And uh, comment away. Um, Yoav says, what we learned from Malcolm is that Asaph is still angry and that we have the bracha. We shouldn't be shocked by all the double standards that exist in world leadership and pop culture. Yeah, well said. Um, Schwiger has posted on the app that she's leaving for Israel on uh, Sunday. And looking forward to celebrating the amazing NSN event in person. Thank you for that. Much appreciated. More details about that next week. But again, I'm here Monday. Matis, uh, Mayor Furtick on Tuesday. Matis on Wednesday. And the Thursday we're live from Jerusalem with a guest list that keeps getting more and more potent and prominent. Um, so I'll have that for you coming up here at JM in the AM. Don't forget, Naomi Nachman is brand new today. Naomi Nachman has a brand new show today done from the uh, 
Fleischig's Magazine studio. She will speak with um, Ari Goodman of Jones's NYC, Schiffer and Shlomo Klein of Fleischig's Magazine, Morty Siegel of Crescore Travel Services, and Abby from uh, Casanova Judaica. They're all going to be together for today's show between 9 and 10 o'clock Eastern time if you're in Israel, and therefore you'll miss it because of candlelighting time. Uh, you check it out, the archive after Shabbos, and also, of course, the video at NahumSiegel.com, and you can enjoy Naomi's show. 10 o'clock, Kedem presentation of the Arab Shabbos show with Mark Zamek. Kedem presents the Arab Shabbos music mix all day long. And um, tomorrow night, it's Avrami and Rabbi Eliezer Wickler for Saturday night Siegel. Sunday, it's Matis with JM Sunday, 7 a.m. Sunday morning. Lots going on. To say the least. If you don't get our daily thread or weekly newsletter, just write to Avrami, AF at NahumSiegel.com, AF at NahumSiegel.com. Here's Mordechai Shapiro.
Micha Gammerman here at JM in the AM. You heard Mordechai Shapiro before that. Friday morning, Erev Shabbos, Parshas Vayetze, candle lighting at 4.08 in New York. Make sure you know when things start where you are. After all, you want to make sure to start on time, right? Time to say good Shabbos with journeys at JM in the AM. I do want to remind everybody, as we said yesterday, uh, Miriam Wallach uh, lost her father. Our condolences, of course, to the extended man and Wallach families from all of us here at JM in the AM. The funeral is taking place uh, this morning at 10 a.m., and that is happening at, uh, let me just give you the information. That is happening this morning at 10 a.m. at the Robert Sholmes Menorah Chapel on Route 4 in Paramus, New Jersey. Time to say good shop is with Journeys at JM&M. So throw Say good job Cause all your work is done I'm gonna spend the day Together with The Holy One Say a special blessing On a cup That's filled with wine Man and his creator It's a very special sign your candles will be burning They'll fill your home with light Singing songs of Shabbos Well into the night So throw away your hammer There's nothing left to do Say 
Brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard listeners sponsored digital radio around the world of web at on the Nachum Segal Network, and of course on the beloved NSN app. Let's see if I can get the pronunciation correct. Mazel Tov to Rebecca Adu I hope that's correct. And uh, and Dylan Breen on their marriage Wednesday night. Mazel Tov to Kara and Ron Adu of Teaneck and Lisa and Ross Breen of Teaneck. And again, that comes from listener David. And again, I hope, I hope I pronounced that correctly. Mazal tov from all of us here at JM and the AM. Naomi Nachman, brand new. She's next. Brand new show, Table for Two. Brand new episode coming up. Uh, Kedem presents our Erev Shabbos show with Mark Zomik starting at 10 a.m. Eastern Time. Erev Shabbos music mix all day long brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem. And the uh, Saturday night Seagull with Avrami and Rabbi Eliezer Zwickler tomorrow night. And the uh, Sunday it's Matas with JM Sunday. I'm back here on Monday morning. Have a fabulous Shabbos, wonderful weekend till uh, Monday Nachum Seagull reminding you, remember to pass, live the present, and trust the future. <laughs>